Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Look, football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like, oh, I don't know, the Bears-Panthers this weekend. Panthers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. How do you feel about that, Bears fans? And from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming in and listening to the pod today. It's Bears-Panthers week six. We're ready to roll. Two teams looking to be having their arrow pointing up on a season. So we're going to be talking to the enemy today. We're so happy to have on the pod Desmond Johnson. He's the host of Believe in Panthers and the Believe Podcast Network. You can also follow him at Dez underscore 3505. That's D-E-Z underscore 3505. And also the owner and host of Tobacco Road Sports Radio, Desmond Johnson. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. How are you today? Doing good, Joey. Everything's uh, everything's lovely here. And uh ACC Tobacco Road World. So uh, we're, we're excited about our Panthers down here right now. And all of a sudden, this matchup is kind of, I don't, I don't want to say marquee. We were joking about it before the pod, but this is definitely a matchup that people have some eyes on this weekend. Maybe we can just start here. I just want to get your take on from the outside looking in, you know, you bring in Rule as your coach. You signed Teddy Bridgewater. You let Cam Newton go. Even with Christian McCaffrey getting hurt this season, it sort of felt like the Panthers were re- in rebuilding mode, perhaps even a team that could be vying for the number one pick, but here they are, Teddy Bridgewater completing over 70% of his passes. You guys are three and two with Mike Davis. Surprised, shocked, not surprised at all. How, what's your take on just the Panthers through five games? You know, at first, I think we were a little surprised, but we're a month in at this point now. So things that we were considering to be you know, maybe fluky or uh, you know, out of the ordinary. Now they've kind of become normal. Um, we've had really since the second half of the Tampa Bay game in week two, uh, this Panthers team's been playing great. Uh, you know, no turnovers really. Uh, the offensive line started protecting. Uh, of course, we lost McCaffrey, but in a weird way, that kind of opened up the offense. It made it where defenses couldn't really key in on just McCaffrey, even if he was out there as a decoy. And to his credit, Teddy Bridgewater, man, he's really done a a very good job of spreading the ball around to multiple weapons that he has on offense. And I think coming into the season, Panther fans and Panther talking heads, we all kind of knew they've got tools on offense to do a lot. Uh, We kind of expected a lot of shootouts, like high scoring shootouts that the Panthers might win a couple they weren't supposed to. They're probably going to lose a couple they're not supposed to. But we weren't really worried too much about the offense. I think the defense has been the biggest surprise in terms of uh, they're so young. You know, of course, the Panthers made history seven draft picks last uh, draft, all of them defensive, and most of them are contributing right now. I think three of them are starting on the defense, and each week they just get better and better and better. And it's not just one guy. You can't key in on one guy to, to kind of stop them. They're swarming and believing and what they've they've been taught by head coach Matt Rule. So it's 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 to answer your question, are we surprised they're three and two? Maybe a little bit. Um it, it's not shocking, you know, based off of what we've seen in terms of their play. Like I, I would expect a team playing like this to be winning more often than not. So 
I don't think it's too much of a shock now, but it, it, if you had told us this back in August, then we probably would have all been stunned. It's got to feel good. When you bring in a new coach, a whole new system, you let go of a guy who took you to a Super Bowl and won an MVP, you feel like you're in a transition mode. But luckily for you guys, it feels like that this transition mode may be a little bit shorter than you guys maybe thought of when the season began. Again, the season is young, but doing all this without Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater right now, just tell Bears fans about what you've seen from him, what you like from him, and and maybe something that surprised you that you didn't know, um, you know, previously when he was on the Saints and other teams just trying to come back from an injury. I have begun calling Teddy Steady Teddy. That's my nickname for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And he has been everything that we could potentially hope to have had uh, after you lose the face of your franchise. Like, you know, Cam Newton was the face of this franchise. He was the pulse of it for almost a decade. So when uh, Matt Rule and Marty Herney uh, Joe Brady, I would assume, was part of this decision, uh, decided to move on from Cam uh, by cutting him and then bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. It, it, was, it was a slap in the face at first to a lot of Panther fans. But now, after watching how Teddy runs this offense, this is by far the most efficient Panther offense that I have seen maybe since the days of Steve Berline going up and down the field for us. Uh, he is by far the most accurate quarterback we've ever had uh, in the 25-plus year history of the Carolina Panthers. Right now, Teddy's leading the entire league in completion percentage, 73.4% on his passes. So basically, you know, three out of four times, Teddy's going to hit a guy right in the numbers, and he's squeezing things in pockets that we haven't seen. We're, you know, Joe, we're used to Cam Newton below 60% completion percentage guy. You know, the ball could sell high, could hit a guy in the numbers, it could go on the ground, it, it could go anywhere. But that was kind of the fun of it, I guess, a little bit. And then even before him, we had Jake DeLome, which was the same way. He was a below 60% completion guy, kind of a gunslinger. Didn't know where that ball was going to end up, but if it ended up in the right hands, it was going to be exciting. As long as this it ended up in Steve Smith's hands. Uh, as, yeah, <laughs> as long as Steve made him look a lot better probably than he actually was. And even Jake will admit that. You know, Steve would go up and get the craziest passes from all over the place, but – this is the first time where we've had a quarterback where I'm not hoping the wide receiver catches the ball. I'm not hoping the, the ball is going to be near the wide receiver from the make of play. I'm expecting the ball to just to be caught. And it's a weird feeling for a Panther fan that's gone through this with these other quarterbacks where Teddy has come in and just completely calmed down the offense. They have had zero issue going up and down the field, no matter who they've been playing this year whether it's Tampa or the Cardinals or the Chargers, home, away, they go up and down the field with ease. Now, they've had issues in the red zone, and they've kind of corrected that a little bit the past two weeks. But from the 20-yard line to the 20, Teddy's just marching this offense up and down the field. It's actually pretty crazy to watch. So this will be a huge test for the Panthers because the Bears' defense is going to be the toughest defense we've seen to this point of the uh, 2020 season. And there's a lot of amazing things that you can say about Cam Newton. The dude's going to the Hall of Fame. But I think accuracy was perhaps one of the things you could be critical of him in the past. And Teddy Bridgewater, that is what he's known for, is his accuracy. Got an opportunity to watch a little bit of the All-22 from your guys' game last week. I'm still, getting, I'm still trying to get better at it, so I'm, I'm not necessarily an expert at looking at it. But what I'm sort of seeing is, you know, you got DJ Moore running with that speed. You still have accurate throws to him. They're just trying to find those right spots to push that button and dial up some DJ Moore plays. And then I just want you to talk about Robbie Anderson because the dude's speed out of breaks on routes, Teddy Bridgewater's accuracy, they have a great chemistry going. They can hit, 
and burn defenses in so many different ways that isn't just necessarily the long ball, which what Robbie Anderson was supposedly known for coming over from the Jets. He can do so much more. Just talk about what Robbie Anderson's done for your guys' offense. Oh, man. Robbie has opened up this offense to the point where the Panthers, for their entire uh, time they've been in the league, have basically prided themselves on modeling themselves after the Pittsburgh Steeler model, which is, you know, run the ball, stop the run. And that's pretty much any coach you've seen us have from the beginning, the genesis of the franchise to all the way up to the end of Ron Rivera. That's been the philosophy that they've employed. This team, although, I, I, you know, they need to stop the run, I don't know necessarily that's the philosophy. It seems more if it's like uh, the, the short passing game is an extension of the run game. And especially with McCaffrey out, uh, it's become even more highlighted. Robbie Anderson, he right now, he's a top five wide receiver in the league, and the stats back back it up. I mean, we're a month into the season. He's fourth in yards rece- uh, receiving. He's got right under 500 yards for the, uh, the year so far in four games. He's fourth in receptions. He's fourth in yards per game. He's third in yak. I mean, everything you want a wide receiver to be, he's doing it. And, and, and DJ Moore, both of them are on pace for 1,000 yards each this season. So, I mean – Robbie has added to this uh, wide receiver core. This may be the most talented wide receiver core pound for pound that the Panthers have ever had. And we've had, you know, Steve Smith and Moose Muhammad at one point, uh, you know, the 2015 run that they had, they had Ted Ken Jr. out there uh, catching deep bombs from Cam, but from number one to number three, and really you can go beyond that to four and five, like Farrell Cooper and uh, some of these other guys, the top three guys that we have, Moore, Samuel, and Anderson, they are a problem. They, I mean, I, I, am, I am not shy to say it. They are a problem for defenses to try to figure how to how to guard, uh, you know, for longer than four or five seconds of snap. And they're the bread and butter of the offense right now, for sure. And it must be nice if Robbie Anderson's on your fantasy team. Oh, wait, he's on my fantasy team? Oh, hey. right. we're doing something <laughs> right over here. And you're bringing up Good such job. an interesting point where – it's just creating a different dynamic in the passing game for the Panthers. I feel like, you know, if you roll the clocks back, what, three or four years, it was big guys, right? It was Devin Funches, It was Calvin Benjamin. It was go up and get it. Red zone, mm. big, big targets, obviously still utilizing Greg Olson. But now it's this blend of speed and athleticism. And you, we were just bringing up Curtis Samuel now. You know, don't sleep on him, Bears fans. He can still burn you down the field. And that's been a problem for Bears defenses this season with, with play action. We have been able to get burned in particular situations where you get that soft middle, if we play the cover two or in a play action situation downfield. And I think the Panthers speech should certainly scare bears fans this week. Yeah. And, and the, the main thing is Teddy Bridgewater and offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who uh, the last time bears fans probably saw him was him, you know, directing Joe Burrow to a 60 touchdown season last year at LSU. Uh, he's carried that over. You, you know, I, you can see why they wanted Teddy because Teddy was familiar with this offense before uh, when he was with new Orleans. And it has some inkling of the saints offense from like two or three years ago, where it was just like Drew, uh, Drew Brees just peppering the field with, with uh, passes all over the place. That's what this is. It's just like a, it's a short passing high completion percentage type of, game that's designed to keep the the defense on their heels is designed to move the chains and then to take shots when you can but even that Teddy's not really throwing the ball down the field he's basically getting his guys in space and giving them room to maneuver uh that's how you got the 70 plus yard touchdown from DJ Moore uh last week he I mean the ball he caught the ball maybe five eight yards out from the line of scrimmage and then just did the rest himself uh with his speed and that's really kind of the hallmark of this team so 
I'm really interested in seeing the Panthers offense against the Bears defense uh, because that's going to be, I think, where this game is going to be decided. Well, that's funny you brought that up because on our perspective, we, we just played the Falcons fairly recently, too, and we walked out of that game with that defense, and we're kind of asking ourselves questions. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, Congratulations yeah, right. on the victory. <laughs> I know. Thank you. But, but like, we're just kind of like, oh, man, like, what is the real NFL defense out there? Because we just played the Falcons. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know. Is, is that the true test? I do want to bounce over to the Panthers' defense, if I may. Help, mm-hmm. uh, help us figure it out for Bears fans and what your perspective is, because you're looking at the numbers, and – Defense has been really great. It seems like in the secondary, they've been able to hold wide receivers in check. You look at the quarterback numbers against the Carolina Panthers, not a lot to write home about. But then, you know, the Panthers only have five sacks through the first five games. They're giving up the most fancy points to running backs. So what is your take on the defense right now? You said that they're young and they're growing, but it feels like from a Bears perspective, they can be exploited in the run game. Uh, Yeah, they're still a work in progress with the run game. There have been some issues uh, the middle of that line there. um, I'm sorry, there's like a race car or something going down my street here. Uh, There's uh, Kawan Short got put on injured reserve earlier this week. Uh, Basically, our veteran at all of the healthy age of 31 years old, uh, he hurt his other shoulder. He was out all of last year with an injury to his shoulder. So he's having, you know, season-ending shoulder surgery so that opens up a hole there, but it's almost like a no-name defense. Uh, there's not really one guy or two guys in the front seven that you really need to key on, like in the past when we had Luke Keekley running around at middle linebacker. You kind of knew if you got some helmet on Keekley that you can kind of do some other things because he covered up so much for the rest of the defense. This defense isn't really built like that. They, they swarm. They all swarm to the ball. Um, they are getting better in the run game, but that is their weakness, uh, is the run game. Um, I believe there's been a 100-yard rusher every game we've had so far this year from the opposing side. The pass defense, amazingly enough, is the strength of this team. Uh, Dante Jackson has grown into, I would say, a top-10 cornerback in this league. Uh, He's had some injury, nagging injuries this week uh, and the past couple of weeks, so we'll see if he's going to be active on Sunday. I'm pretty sure he's going to play, and he'll probably draw Allen Robinson. So that'll be a matchup to watch uh, that might be crucial in this game. But they're pulling dudes off the street. I mean, they have Rajul Douglas uh, came off the street five days later. He's starting, and now he's a key cog of the secondary. Uh, But the one guy I would tell Bears fans to keep an eye out for, you won't hear his name called a lot, but you're going to see him a whole lot on Sunday, Uh, and that's our rookie Jeremy Chin, uh, the safety that we traded up for in the second round of the uh, the previous year's draft. He is leading all rookies in tackles right now. Uh, I believe he's in the top 10 or top, he might be top eight uh, in the league in tackles right now. Um, he's just a smart, hard hitting safety. I've compared him to Cam Chancellor in the past from Seattle. Uh, not the greatest in cover skills, but that's not really what he's back there for. He's really kind of back there to lay the wood on people. He can come up in the box uh, and play linebacker. Basically the people that wanted us to draft Isaiah Simmons from Clemson because he could do that dual role. The Panthers did not draft him, got Derek Brown instead, and then in the second round moved up to go get uh, Jeremy, who they had a higher grade on anyway. They had a first-round grade on Chin, and he was still there in the second. So they got him, and he started from day one. And he's he's he is a guy that you're going to hear his name a lot, not just Sunday, but going forward in his career. Uh, I think he's got Pro Bowler written all over him, and that's, that's one defensive guy that I would uh, – if I'm a Bears fan, I'd keep an ear and an eye out for on Sunday. 
That's a great piece of intel. And also a quick shout out, maybe caution signal to Darnell Mooney uh, this weekend when maybe he's going across the middle. We love our fifth round rookie, but he's got a slight frame. So if there's a guy uh, out there, there's a guy out there, I might be worried about that. Keep, hey, keep that head on a swivel because they, they will, and it won't just be one guy. It'll be a three or four of them that show up there when they do tackle, which I love uh, about the Panther defense. They're starting to really follow defensive coordinator Phil Snow's philosophies. And uh, those sacks just started coming the past couple of weeks. Uh, they didn't have a single sack the first couple of weeks of the season. So they're growing. They're, this team is like one of the youngest in the NFL. I think the average age is 26. So they're, they're basically like a postgraduate college team <laughs> out there playing right now in a lot of key spots. But it, it's fun to see the growth week to week. Matt rules rules. I uh, got to abide yeah. by him, take the kids under the wing. And I, I think that's perhaps the culture that he wanted to build when he took the job. And it's just cool that they're seeing results right off the bat, because sometimes when you make these transitions, it's just really hard to kind of build up, stack up those wins. Those first couple of years, I know the bears just kind of just came out of their doldrums for about three or four years with the John Fox era. And I know it can't be easy. I do want to ask you for, for the NFL fans out there that don't get a chance to, you know, follow up on every single piece of news that's coming down the wire it looks like obviously Christian McCaffrey is not going to play this week what are you hearing though is it look like he's projected to perhaps try and go next week or do you still think he's a couple weeks away uh I'm not sure honestly this is um so this would be week four without uh CMC the high ankle sprain they say typically four to six weeks uh the one thing I've learned about exceptional athletes is that typically they come back before the diagnosis. So I don't think it'll be the sixth weekend. He might be targeting next week. I think he's still technically on IR, um, but he, they they have the ability to take him off. Uh, last I heard from speaking to some uh, Panther beat writers and whatnot. So uh, they feel pretty comfortable with Mike Davis and what he's doing with the offense right now so that they don't have to rush McCaffrey back. And even when McCaffrey comes back, I would not expect him to be in the same role he's been in the past two years where he's basically 90% of the offense, you know, you send wide receivers out, nobody's there, check it down to McCaffrey. Need a first down, hand it off to McCaffrey. Like, it's just basically they were just feeding him. Need a field him. goal, let McCaffrey yeah. kick it. Let McCaffrey try to kick it. He probably would be able to get it in there at this point. But I, I think that with the emergence of Mike Davis, we kind of have what we deem double trouble 2.0, uh, the first one being D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. They kind of are like that, but a little bit more uh, – flexible in terms of what they can do because McCaffrey you can stick McCaffrey in the slot and he's gonna have some poor linebacker trying to guard him he runs routes better than most wide receivers do so I mean there's a lot of creative things you can do when he returns but I would have loved to have him for this game uh just to kind of keep the Bears defense on their toes a little bit knowing that C-Mac is out there but Panthers got enough to, to to make it a game I'm going to ask you a question. The Panthers will beat the Bears in week six if fill in the blank. If they win the turnover battle. If they can cause some turnovers, uh, Nick Foles and the Bears offense, and not have turnovers on their side, which they have done the past two weeks, and they've played pretty much error-free football, uh, which again is weird uh, as a Panther fan to watch. Normally that doesn't happen multiple weeks, and they're going a month strong where they've just been – silently chugging away you know you know what this panther team reminds me of they remind me of the early 2000 patriots where there's not really stars where you know you're you're looking at this guy and that guy i mean yeah they've got some talent and you know some names but it's really more about doing your job like if everyone if the guy beside you is doing what he's supposed to do and you're doing what you're supposed to do 
and you're not making mistakes and mental errors, you're going to win more often than you lose in the NFL. And that's what this Panther team is starting to look like. They just, they just feel like they're just doing the little stuff over and over and over and over to the point where they're just letting teams beat themselves. Like if they do this, then the bears basically beat themselves. Like if the bears have three turnovers, the Panthers have zero. Teddy comes out and does what he's been doing the past month. The the Panthers are going to win the game. Like I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, that's odds are they're probably going to win. But if the bears can kind of get the Panthers off their rhythm, cause turnovers, cause them to not be in a rhythm like they have been the past month, then you got an opportunity there for the bears to, you know, go on the road and get a win. But Right now, I think it's really more about the Panthers imposing their will on whoever they're playing, which is, again, insane <laughs> to, to talk about uh, week two in October because this team is not supposed to be here. Like, who, Joey, whoever wins this game, and you could probably say this for the Bears too, whoever wins this game is either going to be 5-1 and one or 4-2 and two and the darling of national media basically on Monday. That's basically what they're playing for. And I don't think either one of us would have said that in August that when we got to this game in week six that this would be – uh, a game with playoff implications with it. So I, I'm just I'm just at the front of the roller coaster cart, just kind of holding on <laughs> as we go up the hill uh, and just enjoying the ride right now. I've been trying to enjoy it, but from a Bears perspective, uh, I would love to enjoy it without all the heart attacks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're honestly, every single week, my poor wife, the first half, I'm a mess. The second half, I'm like <laughs> shooting through the roof. Uh, it's not normal, Desmond. It's not normal for me. But you're bringing up such great insights where I've been noticing a lot in this NFL season in particular, and I don't know if it's the collection of the teams or what we've just been going on, you know, across the, the health spectrum of the sport and other sports in general. But the games have all just been a lot closer, I think, this year than, than in general. Like, obviously, we had Titans-Buffalo the other night. That was kind of a blowout. We had 27-3 Ravens-Bengals. But it sort of seems like all of these games are coming down to a possession or two away. And the Bears have done a really interesting job of trying to give away games in the first half and then have had to rally and come up with these furious comebacks. It will be really interesting to see if the Bears can be on, you know, on their details, as you mentioned, to take your words, because it seems like they're going to be playing a very disciplined outfit. If only we could both play the, the Falcons every week. Would that not just be, you know, oh, I got to take, take my shots at the Falcons. I mean, they're a division rival. We don't like them. They don't like us. So... It, we're we're ecstatic that we were the team that ultimately cost <laughs> their their head coach and general manager their job. Uh, we just look at it as payback with them. Had to slip that in there because oh, we, we thought it'd be care. us. And then and think about this, Panthers <laughs> Panthers fans. After the game, too, Arthur Blank also said that he wouldn't commit to Matt Ryan as a quarterback right. in the future. It's literally he's got a for sale sign out in front of the house all of a sudden. <laughs> you guys did that. Congratulations. We, and we know how it feels because we were them last year when they let Ron Rivera go in the middle of the year. The Panthers collapsed. Like we literally were just like, all right, well. What are we going to do now? And teams started running 20-yard runs up our gut, like, on first down. Like, we just kind of gave up. So I feel like the Falcons are now officially in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes because Arthur, Arthur Brank wouldn't even That's confirm about, you know, yeah, about bringing Matt Ryan back. I mean, you put Trevor Lawrence in there, keep a couple of pieces, hey, who knows? But this season, yeah, the Falcons are are, are toast. But to your, uh, your original uh, question – Regarding this, um, I just there's just something different about this year. I think a lot. I think a lot of the national media felt like Carolina was going to be behind the eight ball because of COVID and everything else. 
you know, you don't get the traditional OTAs and a preseason and just get being able to have contact to tackle people, you know, like in August or whatnot. And I think what the national media didn't realize is that it actually kind of helped the Panthers because everyone started on the same level playing field. It wasn't just the Panthers that couldn't see their, their, their coaches or whoever. It was everybody, you know, the Bears, the Patriots, the Chiefs. Like, they all start off on Zoom calls and not being able to see their, their, their uh, personnel and implementing new stuff. And I think the Panthers really excelled with their offseason program to, to keep their guys engaged. And I think it helped that they're so young. Um, I had mentioned earlier in the year that the situation kind of reminded me of when uh, Pete Carroll arrived in Seattle from USC, where he still kind of had this college kind of rah-rah enthusiasm going on. They cleared the whole roster basically for Seattle. They were a young team. They built defensively in the draft. Uh, and then they got lucky with Russell Wilson uh, selecting him in the third, and you know they were off to the races from there. This is kind of the same thing going on in Carolina. That it had been mocked the first two weeks because they had lost, but a college type atmosphere, from all accounts, from the beat writers I talked to down in Charlotte, that the the practices are more competitive, they're faster paced, and it's actually pushed the veterans that are still on this team to to be, you know, the same run from drill to drill and things of that sort. And you start doing that early. And then you start seeing results. Like once they started, once they broke the seal and started winning games, you're now you're starting to see this kind of confidence building within this Panther team that, hey, all this stuff that uh, Matt Rule and Joe Brady and Phil Snow and these guys are telling us to do, it's actually working. Like this stuff is actually working. So now that they see the results of their work, uh, it's starting to pay off. Now they're building confidence. And when you have a young team in the NFL with confidence, it's a great smelling cologne. Like it gets to a point where who knows where the end is for this team. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, they could lose four straight. They can go on an eight game win streak. I really have no clue. But from what I've seen, I would bet on the win streak before I would bet on the losing streak just from all the little things that they're doing well right now. Uh, just hats off to Matt Rule in his first uh, head coaching role here in the NFL. He, uh, David Tepper, the owner, knocked that hire out of the park so far from what we've seen. Yeah, surprised a lot of people, but totally working out. And I think what you're speaking to and what you're looking for is once you start seeing the formula, you then can start seeing what the identity is. And that is so hard when you have a new coach with a new system, as you mentioned. But you brought up a great point that maybe a lot of these teams, even the ones that have been together for a really long time, each year is different. The personnel changes. You still have to plug in that formula and then create that identity. And maybe a lot of the teams are trying to sort of figure that out. And Bears-Panthers week six, Bears are four and one. Panthers are three and two. As you mentioned before, if one of these teams, whoever wins this game, man, their fan base, and I think nationally too as well, everyone's going to be talking about it and being like, man, this team might actually be for real. But conversely, the team that loses this game, I personally don't think it's a season ender. You know, I mean, we're both sitting in a, not, I don't want to say house money, but we're both sitting in, I think, of a more advantageous position than we thought when we were heading into the season week one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the Saints are on a bye. Tampa's got Green Bay uh, this week. Uh, so, you know, good luck to Get you ready, guys. Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have fun with that. Um, They're good. So dude. The Packers yeah, are they, really good. And I can't figure out why. Like, I don't know who Aaron Rodgers is throwing to. Uh, I know he's still got, you know, uh, Jones in the backfield. Devontae Adams has played like a game and a half or something like all year. So, Rodgers, it's amazing what happens when your job is threatened. 
you know, whether it's directly or indirectly. And Rodgers is playing at an MVP level. So in a strange way, by the time we get to 8, 9 o'clock Sunday, if the Panthers beat the Bears, they could be in sole possession of first place in the NFC South. Like, and, and if, of course, Tampa loses to Green Bay, which I'm kind of assuming that's probably going to happen. It, it's, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it because in a weird way, I'm not really surprised. I'm not shocked that they're where they are just from seeing the work they put in. If I just dropped in on week five and saw it, I'd be like, oh, man, what's going on here? How'd they do this? But just watching them every week and just seeing them get better. And then those first two weeks, they were turning the ball over. Uh, that first game, the coaching staff admitted that there was about 15 plays in the first half where there was a communication issue with the helmets or something. So half of the plays they lined up for in the first half of that first game of the year, they weren't even in the right spots. Like little things like that. Uh, Coach Rule taking responsibility for a couple of fourth down conversions that didn't go our way, kind of second guessing, not handing the ball to McCaffrey. That stuff seems like a year ago now. That was three weeks ago, you know, when that happened. And he's grown from it. You, have, you usually don't see coaches grow from – you know, making a decision, it goes wrong. They they take the blame for it. But then you rarely see after that the coach have an opportunity to to rectify that in another situation and show the growth. And we've had a chance to see that where, you know, Rule tried that first couple of weeks, didn't work out, took responsibility, took the heat off the players. Next time it came around, they tried a different thing and it worked. And you're starting to see the growth of the coaching staff too all these guys came from college. Like, you know, none of them really had a whole lot of NFL experience. So it's kind of refreshing just to see them grow just as much as the guys that are actually out there playing on the field. And I think the majority of Panther nation is just along for the ride. You know, if they lose uh, Sunday, like you said, it's not going to be the end of our season. Joey, we weren't even expecting to make the playoffs, <laughs> you know? So like, well, what, I, I personally what, thought you happens. guys were maybe like, <laughs> Hey, let's get Teddy Bridgewater. Let's maybe get the number one pick. And then, you know, just kind of, run from there that's kind of how i thought maybe the panthers were looking at this but but no no thanks you know what i mean no. i think teddy bridgewater is your legit quarterback moving forward and you guys should be very proud of that i, I don't think that i will say this I, i've never caught the vibe and i'm and again speaking to the beat writers down at the charlotte observer that follow the team every day and i've asked them this on our podcast on believe did they ever get the feeling that the team was trying to tank and to a to a man or woman all of them have said no like that was never in the realm of thought for Marty Herney or Matt rule, they expected to be competitive right off the jump and just look at some of the moves they made in the off season. If you're going to tank to try to get, say, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence, who literally is 50 miles down the way at Clemson and be you a don't perfect pay Robbie fit in Anderson, Charlotte, right? Yeah. You don't go pay. Yeah. You don't get Robbie Anderson. You don't bring in Teddy Bridgewater. You just let Will Greer, whoever fart through the year, you finish two and you know, 14 or whatever, and put yourself in a good spot for him down the road. They brought in guys. They brought in – they traded for Russell Okung at left tackle. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater. They, they, they kept Mike Davis. They, they've done things to – I don't even like calling them rebuilding because really they're not rebuilding. They kind of just started treading water, I guess maybe is a better way to put it. They were treading water until they could get more drafts underneath them. They, they feel like they're about a draft away from being a serious contender – for the next three to five years. Like, cause they already had the stuff on offense. They were, Matt Herney was building this offense for Cam Newton, like for the past three drafts, he drafted DJ Moore for Cam. They got Curtis Samuel for Cam. Uh, you know, it, that, that got left over when Cam left. They just needed a guy that was more accurate and boom, 
Teddy Bridgewater shows up and everything looks all gravy all of a sudden. So I, I don't think they're rebuilding. I think people thought they were rebuilding because of the end of last year and the way it happened and then losing the face of the franchise. You lose your best defensive player in history and Luke Keekley to retirement. Uh, you lose the best coach in history, Ron Rivera. So I think it was easy. It was an easy, lazy pick for the national media to go, oh, the Panthers are going to be in the lottery and pick first or whatever it might be. But when we saw the moves they were making, we we're like, this doesn't feel like a team that's thinking they're rebuilding at all. So that's what I was saying at the beginning of this. It's not really surprising. Like we kind of thought it could happen, but we were reluctant to just put our foot down and say it's going to happen. But each week now we get more and more confident in what they are doing to the point where I don't really think the Panthers care who they play at this point. I think they feel like they can do what they're going to do no matter who it is. So this will be a good test for them uh, against this Bears defense on Sunday. And leave that tanking stuff for the Falcons. You know what I mean? They're, let's just they're, they're so good at it. Yeah, yeah let, let, them, let's let them let do the that. pros do it. <laughs> let the pros do it. Time to put you on the spot. Give us a final score for Bears-Panthers week six. <sighs> I know the Bears are, um, if I'm not mistaken, they are – fourth in the NFL in points allowed. They're only allowed about 20 points per game. It's going to come down to third down, really. You know, the Bears are really good in holding teams on third down, getting them off the field. The Panthers are exceptionally good at converting third downs. They're at like a 49% clip. They're sixth in the league. Carolina can do that. I think I'm going to go with Carolina because it's at home. Um, and I'll give them hmm, I'll give them three. It'll be a closer game. Like 24-21, something like that, I think. I was thinking 23-21. Obviously, yeah. I'm thinking on the other side with the Bears. I definitely think it's going to be a close game. Might get a little ugly, and you're nailing it on the third downs because with the Bears, when we're talking about the offense with the Bears, honestly, the biggest issue with us has been third down, and that's mm. literally how Mitch Trubisky lost his job. You know, when you go one for eight, when you go two for 11 on third down, it's just it just becomes so glaring, and it really puts your defense in a bad spot, and that's been our difficulty. So I think on both sides of the ball, I think that's a great thing to look at for sure. I'm kind of hoping that October Nick Foles shows up on Sunday. And, and by that, I mean <laughs> Nick Foles typically plays lights out past January. But if you look at his career, the reason why he's bounced around from team to team is that from September to December, it's like you don't, you're not really sure what Nick Foles you're going to get from game to game. And I'm hoping that guy shows up in Charlotte on Sunday because um, hey, if so, I, that I makes it a lot you, easier. I don't want to give you nightmares. <laughs> I don't want to give you nightmares, but he's also he also has been injury prone. So you could that, see MT10. Yeah. You could see MT10. Don't get scared. Uh, don't get scared. Don't, co- don't cover your eyes. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Tar Heel fan, so I'm familiar with old Mitch. Um, I, I was shocked when you guys drafted him in the first place. Oh, my but God. We, I, re- I mean, I, I, he had only started like 10 games or something. When he well, and Deshaun Watson, like, wow. Deshaun Watson sitting on the board. Get Mahomes out of there. Let's yeah, let's see. No that. one was looking at Mahomes at the time. <laughs> When he was on the board and we moved up, we were like, oh, this is Deshaun Watson, the guy that just won the national title. Yeah, he just uh, won the national title against Bama. So, yeah, yeah, I was a little confused by that. But, yeah, if that Nick Foles shows up, like uh, fall Nick Foles, then I feel pretty good about it. But uh, if January Nick Foles shows up, then that, that's a whole different situation. So it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. The Panthers got to stop the run. If the Panthers can keep you guys around 100 yards or less in rushing, I feel really good about their chances. Uh, but yeah, I think it's gonna be kind of a lower scoring game, 24, 21. I'll take the Panthers at home. And I tell you, we, you were gonna see a lot from the Bears early on trying to commit to the run because the first three games, I think we averaged about 135 rushing yards a game. 
it wasn't great, but it was working for us. It was it allowed us to open up some more things, especially when we got down far uh, behind in some of these games early on. But the last two games between the Colts and then the Buccaneers just couldn't get anything going. Watch us really commit to that. So I think it's just going to be two teams looking at one one focal point in that offense and seeing what they could possibly do. Desmond, thank you so much for joining on the pod, man. I had a really great time talking to you. Bears-Panthers week six. And as you mentioned, it's just kind of hitting me right now. Bears-Panthers, Buccaneers-Packers. If the Packers yeah. beat the Buccaneers and the Panthers when you guys are in first place, the Buccaneers <sighs> beat the Packers and we beat the Panthers, we're in first place. There's, I mean, these are sliding doors. <laughs> these are sliding doors, but it's good, it's good times. I think both of both of us are, are pleasantly uh, – not shocked, but a little bit surprised we are where we are with the amount of wins that we have. So it just feels good. And uh, it's really great talking to you. It, after the year the Panthers fans had last year where basically there was no reason to watch the games after like week seven or eight, this You're is back, a breath baby. of fresh air for us. Yeah. Th- so each game being important to us, it's we love it. I'm hoping we have a great game. And I had a lot of fun on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. Desmond Johnson on the pod here. He hosts Believe in Panthers and the Bleed Podcast Network with former NFL player Tyrone Poole. You can also follow him on Twitter at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. And also make sure you check out Tobacco Roads Sports Radio. Get some of that ACC stuff into your belly there and just check it out. And uh, you guys got a great pod going. Really happy to talk to you, man. And uh, hopefully we can catch up somewhere down the line. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. No problem. This was Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Enjoy the week, you guys. We've got more pods coming up next week. Thank you so much for listening today. Until then, be well, be safe, be good to each other, and we will talk then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.